So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. It's May 14th, 2013, and I'm still Rico Shields. And just off to my left, some 1,500, way over there, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? <laughs> Hi. Well, I'm closer than our, our guest tonight, actually, which is, you know, I mean, doesn't happen all the time around no. here, but... And more and more frequently, it's happening. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yes, absolutely. The the global everyday connection family. Yes. And we'll get another one of those halfway around the world. There's two. The Australians are. That's got to be a long way from Canada, Australia. It's quite the haul. It's quite the haul. Um, you know, traveling. <laughs> traveling to Australia, I looked into it once, and uh, the recommendation was, unless you have a month, don't do it, because <laughs> the, the trip alone um, to get there is like a day's adventure, and then it's because it, it's so long traveling that it's, um, and that's if you go by plane, goodness gracious, help you if you go by boat, but um, if you go if you go by plane, then it's a couple of days of recouping from the different time zones and temperatures depending on the time of the year and it apparently can really mess you up if you're going from Canada to Australia. So Yeah, body clock says they, they recommend what? <laughs> yeah, they recommend that if you're going on a vacation to Australia that yeah you do it right and you take a month and just Because the, the so, Philippines was pretty drastic I should think. Uh yeah. Um Interestingly enough, with with the Philippines, I, I hardly slept when I was there anyway, so it really didn't, I, I don't think I felt it so much going as I did coming back, and it, I was so excited and yeah. so driven yeah. to be there, and so in my passion that it really didn't, I don't think I would do it for a vacation, and not give myself enough time to recruit because the trip itself is is quite intense. And then, if you get lucky enough, like I was, to stop in Hong Kong, which most people do, um, the Hong Kong airport is is a bloody nightmare. Like I w- wouldn't recommend that to anybody ever. <laughs> and so you know, just yeah, is is is. I mean, you talk about being in a foreign land. It's it's like being on a different planet, really. Um, 
very, very nice people. And Asian airlines are amazing to fly on, and I would recommend them to anybody. But the Hong Kong airport itself is you have to take a, a, a train to get to your connecting flight. It's its insanity. It's so big. Um, but And this is a regular thing there. It's not just, a, you know, every once in a while we have to have a connecting flight come in and take a train to go to your net. It's very crazy. Airport is huge. Um, but no, I, th- I think that if I had to do it for vacation, I'd want more time because of the time. It's at 15 hours, 15 hours of flight time. That's not including your, your layover. That's not including your time in the airport waiting to catch your first flight. It's not including your time in the airport once you've landed and getting through their customs and all that stuff. Um, that's just 15 hours in the air. And that alone is enough to jack up your body. I mean, if you're not smart enough to do the exercises that they recommend you do, or oh, yeah. not rich enough to fly for class, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a don't drink alcohol on a flight like that because it's. I mean, that's one of those times where this last thing you want to do is is stress your body in any way other than being on the plane for 15 hours. Um, but I was so in my passion that I didn't care, and I'd do it again in a second. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think that's... Yeah. It was kind of like me going to Costa Rica, I suppose. You know, I really was Superman in Costa Rica. By comparison. You really were. <clears throat> By comparison. You really were. Absolutely. It's the Energizer um, Bunny just keeps going and going. <sighs> I think that happens when you, at any time in life, when you take your next step, be it your next step that's going to last you a week, before you take your next next step or your next step that's going to last you for six months. When you step into your perfect situation energetically, the energy just flows through you. And, you know, you're able to do things that you previously would not have thought possible. Um I mean, I'm witnessing that living here. I, I, I'd love to say it's all the sea veg, but I, I honestly... As much as I guess, it's definitely the sea veg has made a huge amount of difference in my well-being. However, I also think that being out of the city and out of the stress environment and out of the traffic all the time and into nature and surrounded by nature and living this kind of lifestyle has completely changed my system as well and allowed it to heal. So, um, you know, I mean, the two oh, combined, I'm I'm able to do things now physically that I. Six it's just a, ago. It, it, it's just a different energetic too. It's like when I left Houston and was in Kerrville or any of the other small towns that I've lived in. It's just a whole different energetic than this frenetic, energy-filled, you know, city. It is, and you know, the thing is, is that it's not for everybody. I know some people who thrive in the city and really are just meant meant to be there, and that's a beautiful thing. But I think. Every individual really needs to reflect on whether or not their lifestyle as it is now is is in alignment with who they are. Because it's when your lifestyle is not in alignment with who you are, regardless of where you're living, it's not going to matter. Your 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 system's going to get jacked up and out of balance, and and you're going to have health issues and emotional issues and and stress issues. So, um, I think it boils down to finding what makes you happy and then going there. And, and doing that, and and you'll find that you know, the things you need in life to make it easier or to make you healthier 
happier, they'll just flow to you. Um, but it's it's yeah. about that first. Did, did the ability to go do mirror. all these things come along because the sea veg did, or did the sea veg come along because your body was going, you're going to take me where and do what? Wait, quick, where's the seaweed? Right. <laughs> I need yeah. help. Well, I, I think it's kind of I, I think it's kind of interconnected, right? I mean, sure. I, I wanted to be healthy so that I could live the lifestyle that I've chosen to live, but I've chosen to live the lifestyle that I've chosen to live because I wanted to be healthy. So. You know, once you find that balance, it's everything's kind of interwoven. Absolutely. And um, you well, know, and you mentioned, I mean, you know, are, getting away from the stress and the, the that's 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 a big part of it. And uh, there are folks that do stuff about stress without going away. Mm-hmm. I suppose going there are. going away in the in, in the in the mind, perhaps, but. Uh, Without having to go halfway around the world, you Absolutely. and I always were stubborn that way, you know. But some people well, I just like to travel, so I make excuses. <laughs> right. Some people just say, "Calm down," and everything happens. Ah, ah. Yeah, some people do say, "Calm down," and everything happens. And I bet you, um, our guest tonight would know all about that. Absolutely. We have with us uh, one of the newer members of the Everyday Connection family that. Uh, we met while we were in Costa Rica, uh, Lena Arstam. Welcome, Lena. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Fantastic, fantastic. So we'll get started with our, our basic question, and then um, who knows where the evening will go from there. Lena, my dear, who on earth are you, and what do you do? Who am I, and what I'm doing? Um, yes, I have uh, had time to think about this question ever since I met you, and you asked me to be on the show, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, it has... Um, well, who am I? Uh, I'm many different persons, I think, and I um, I change. I change all the time. Uh, I could start with uh, telling that I'm, I'm not from the United States. I'm far away, uh, living in Europe, in a small country in northern Europe called Sweden, not to mix up with Switzerland, which many people do. Uh, Both start with S, but there's more banks per capita in Switzerland than there are in Sweden. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But we do have mountains in the north, but I live in the south uh, of Sweden, close to Denmark, Copenhagen. We now have a bridge over to Copenhagen, so it takes me about 30 minutes to go to Copenhagen. Uh, I lived in uh, a little town called Malmö all my life, uh, and I have a long life. I'm in my mid-50s. Uh, and what could you say about Sweden? Well, we are um, about uh, 8 million people living here. And I, uh, my family is still living here with me in Sweden. I have a daughter 
living in my apartment. I like to travel a lot. Uh, hence, hence the meeting in Costa Rica. Yes. <laughs> hence the meeting in Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, Sweden is up for folks that are it's north of uh, and and north and east of the United Kingdom. Uh, Norway and Sweden are neighbors. Yes, guess, and uh, Denmark. And Denmark to the south, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, because I haven't really spent time in Sweden, but I have been to uh, Norway and Finland. I guess mm-hmm. we, I guess we skipped across, but um, some years ago, beautiful country in the summertime, and I imagine it's beautiful in the winter. It's just white, I would think. Um, well, not, it's not white all the time. Uh, it's dark and it's uh, cold. It's white in the north of Sweden uh, when the snow comes. We have some snow in the south as well, lighting up. Yeah. Because it's, uh, well, perhaps our northernmost guest so far, till we get somebody from Iceland or Greenland. Or Norway, maybe. <clears throat> but yeah, Here's making Norway. Making your making your uh, northern fortress of solitude look like a southern outpost, Jane. Yeah, I I know Lena mentioned in one of her emails that it's um, the days can be very dark and dreary there, and and perhaps for all the times I've said I, I was born in the wrong country. George might have got it right after all because maybe me in Sweden not so much of a good idea <laughs> if if the winters are that are that dark because um, it Ma- is that far north. So Malmo is more like the north of the UK or Newfoundland, Labrador, not uh, not down in balmy you know Quebec and Ontario. <sighs> Toronto's just balmy flat tropical Quebec. by comparison. So tell us about yes. this 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 um, this what you do business. Uh, I do mainly two things. I work at the Academy of Music with the administration, um, sending out teachers and students out in the world to other conservatoires and uh, Academy of Music. Um, and then I uh, teach yoga. Uh, I've been at the Academy of Music for oh, soon it's gonna be thirty years. Uh, but yoga is quite new to me. Yeah, I was gonna say because uh, I know Jane mentioned several times. You know, I need to learn yoga because I want to look like Lena when I get to be Lena's age. <laughs> and 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 I thought to myself, well, you got plenty of time because Jane's in her mid thirties, and you were in your forties when you started yoga, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I was used to to move around because I um I used to dance a lot before. So, uh, but yoga isn't about getting. Uh, fit or getting a nice body. 
it's uh, it's something else. No, I I was actually when he said that I was going to actually interject, but I thought I'd wait. Um, I just recently had that conversation with a friend of mine who's moving in uh, and going to be using part of our space here to start a yoga studio. And uh, one of our conversations was, you know, she kept asking me, why haven't you done yoga? And I said, because I just, I'm not there yet. Because it's not a practice or something you do once in a while. It's it's a life path. It's a way of living. And it goes so far and beyond the physicality of it. Um, That's such a small element of it um, that I just... I'm not able to commit on that level, and so it's something that I haven't brought myself to explore. Hopefully, I will be able to do that at some time. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we look at look at a lot of yoga masters, and they are very fit and lean. Um, but then, a lot of that it's not just about the actual physical practice of yoga either, is it? It's about the calming effects that. Yoga, the yogi life has on a person, and about the diet and the chosen life path of eating clean foods, and you know. So hopefully, you're going to be able to expand on that for us because I know there are a lot of misconceptions with regards to what yoga is. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it's to me, it's not something that they should be teaching in in gyms. I know that they, you know, a, a lot of gyms that have. You, you have your gym membership and your yoga classes included, and I just, I think it kind of robs people of the actual, the actual truth of of what yoga was meant to be. Um, having watched my friend go through her training and and the intensity of it, just you know, to become a yoga master, I was like, wow. This is not. She's like, this is the rest of my life. This is not something I just chose to randomly do. This is the rest of my life. This is who I am. So, and hopefully, you can explain, you know, why you came to that at, at the age of forty, because that's really late in life to start it, um, and what that experience meant for you, because I, I'm sure it was quite intense. Yes. Um... I, well, I started, it was just um, by um, pure uh, chance, uh, what you say. Uh, my sister took me to a yoga teacher, and we were doing yoga during a weekend with this uh, teacher. Uh, and I, I liked it from the very first time we did it, because it um, reminded me of a feeling that I sometimes had when I used to dance uh, so that's uh, why I continued uh, I was hooked from, from the very first time uh, but things didn't happen um, it happened uh, gradually to me uh, I was growing uh, through yoga you could say in the beginning, I was I was just getting these uh, happy feelings, but then um, later, uh, as things were, the tension were released. I also had uh, negative feelings, like a lot of anger coming out of me, 
uh, that I didn't know I had. Um, and I was also paying much more attention to to my body uh, when I started to uh, to feel what I actually felt, uh, because the body has so much to uh, say to you if you just listen to it. And then uh, I started with. Um, Cleansing, uh, cleansing of my body. Uh, I was cleansing my apartment. I was uh, thinking about um, what was important in my life, what I wanted to get rid of, and what I wanted to keep. So I made um, changes, small changes over time. Um, and I discovered more and more who I am. And uh, that brings us back to the first question you had about who I am. Uh, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still growing, despite of my age. Um, and I, I really can't say where I'm going and if there is an end. Well, and that I'm still growing and I'm not sure where I'm going. That's something that uh, yogis and yoginis that are 90 years old have had to say. So that have been doing it since they were kids. So it is. It is. A, would you would you call it? I don't know. It's a it's a silly word, discipline, but uh, sort of along the lines of on the surface. Martial arts looks, if you don't know anything about it, it looks like some kind of an exercise or or fighting routine. And But to the people that, it, that grew up with it, it was so much more than that. In fact, that was almost sort of a small part of it by comparison. And yoga is much the same way. People look from the outside and, oh, those are those flexible people. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't do that. I'm not flexible. And uh, but there's a lot of mental and spiritual flexibility that comes into it. Like you said, this your body has so much to say. There's really sort of an ongoing conversation that people have just become unaware of. Yes, people are unaware of uh, of of the body. They are not in their body. They live very much in the their heads. Well, it was sort of for a thousand years now, you know. That's where it's happening. It's in your head. Yes, but you have a body as well. Yeah. It's like this sci-fi thing where you see this tiny little creature in the skull of something driving it. It's not like that. It's, we get the whole thing. It's roomy in there. <laughs> Is there? Would you say that yoga allows you to open up a conversation with your body because that's something that I've, I've written about um, multiple times is the importance of opening up a conversation with your body. Yeah, that's a nice question. That. Well, well, because like you said, it'll tell you your body, if you listen to it. Um, your body will tell you what it needs and um, you can make deals and agreements with your body and as long as you keep your end of the bargain, your your body will certainly hold up its. I, I I've experienced 
that. I'm sure my doctor from years ago would not possibly fathom me living the life I live now. They they think it was absolutely crazy. You can't you can't do that. Told you you'd never do that again. Yeah, it's, yeah, you'll never you'll never do that again. Um but you know, I part of me learning how to heal myself was learning that I could have a conversation with my body and that I could say to it, okay, I really need a little extra oomph today to get through this really physical task and then tomorrow I promise we're going to have some me and you rest time and I will spoil you a little bit in return for you performing. And um, I, I have friends who've used it for for pain management. Um, I've used it for pain management. And so does yoga encourage that? I guess I'm not sure if it would be in the same way, but is it kind of along the same lines? I'm I'm not sure I heard your your question. Uh, well, it, well, having being able to converse with her own body, she's she's been able to determine things that, you know, okay, I, I I understand this pain. You need some extra exercise or stretching or rest or, and 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 by cooperating with her body and and giving it what it needs and that it is also now a much higher performance vehicle for her that it responds much better yes um you know when things uh, are going the right way um and or if it doesn't because if it doesn't you probably get some pain in in your body, and if you can um, if you can read your body, you know if you're going on the right way. So sort of, how does? Well, you sorry. can you can Go feel ahead. whether you're going on the right in the right direction or not. Before. Before you have to get to the pain stage of yes, feedback, of pain pain is like your body's last gasp effort of communicating with you. Yeah. There have been subtler communications along the way, usually. But pain is could be good because it's telling you something. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's one of the things that we've talked about before is that when you're um, when you're opening up that conversation with your body, um, I guess one of the best examples was a friend of mine who used it with regards to a, a tooth issue she had. She had to work, and she had just gotten a tooth pulled, and the tooth was really, the the hole was really bothering her, but she didn't want to take the pain medication because it would have made her dopey and unable to, to do her job. So she had a conversation with her body and said, yes, I am aware that there is a big hole in my gums. That is because they took a tooth out that was infected that would have caused you sickness. So I promise to rinse it out all, you know, every 
every couple hours with salt water and to take care of it and to give it time to heal if you will stop telling me that there's a hole in my mouth by giving me this intense pain. And she said within 20 minutes of having that conversation with her body, the pain went away. Um, And as part of that agreement that she made, she asked her mouth to... like she asked her body to bring back the pain if if the area became infected or inflamed. Um, and so she made that agreement with her body, and she said that was the last. She, she continued to take care of it until it healed, and she, she it never hurt her again. That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> you also have a different kinds of pain. You can have this physical pain in your body, but then you have your the you can have a kind of mental pain as well. And when you start to, with yoga, uh, the the physical uh, psychological pain uh, and the mental pain could be very intense because you release so much energy that was kept in your body for a very long time. And this um, releasing of of the energy could be very painful. But uh, it goes away uh, eventually in the end. And uh, since I started with yoga, I've... uh, I'm not afraid anymore. Uh, all my fears have uh, gone away. Uh, don't ask me why, but I, I'm not as afraid as I used to be before. And when well, you're not afraid, uh, you're able to do so much more in, in your life. And it is, the the body can store uh in joints and muscles and tissues and and things stuck energy yeah. um and as we've had people on talk about you know well after you've done your energetic work you may need to come see a healer because there's also a physical something that's going to be needing to be released and yoga by the same token through moving all of the, as I've had uh, both spiritual coaches and channeled entities tell me to move in certain ways after we've done certain things. They're like, you know, I want you to go really exaggerate swinging your arms when you walk for the next two days or things like that because you can get these things stuck in your, in spots in your body and yoga is about moving and opening and and, and energy being you know, flowing through the body, yes? Yes. So that then kind of, if you unstick the energy in the spot, then it goes right back into your awareness, which is where you were pushed it out of to start with. That you, you know, you said you, you, you kind of found that pleasant feeling that you had, that happy feeling that you had achieved sometimes dancing. It reminds me of Olivia Rosewood that we've had on before that um, 
uh, writes for Huffington Post, and uh, she did trapeze, high wire stuff, mm. and and meditation gave her a feeling that she had only uh, otherwise had when she was doing the trapeze, and that's how she got uh, on her tr- path with meditation. So. It started with that happy feeling, but then, like you said, you you said you had lots of anger that surfaced. That seems kind of counterintuitive, I think, to a Western dude like me thinking about yoga. doesn't look like an anger thing. No, no. You're supposed to be very nice and calm and, and so on. But we are, we are all humans well, with all kinds of feelings. So, so tell us about that. How the yoga helped bring that up, or, or how did that transition from? You know, I, I started doing it. I was hooked from the first time because of this happy feeling, and then anger came, and I'm like, that sounds like getting born on Earth. But um, well, things happened uh, gradually. Uh, this uh, anger feeling I had, I was um, thinking a little bit, I started to think about it. Why am I angry? Because sometimes I was just angry and I didn't know why. Uh, so I started in what you, can, what you can call an inner discovery. Uh, and I went back in time, you could say, uh, and trying to find the the, the roots of, of my anger and what triggered triggered my anger and I also could uh, distance myself and uh, just have a look at it and not taking it so uh, very personally. Um, I think that helped me a lot. It helps me a lot um, to um, to look at my feeling and, and and saying to myself, "Well, I I am not only my feeling. Uh, I'm I'm much more than than this." And I was also helped uh, by um, other yoga teachers. Uh, to uh, to think in in this uh, way to have a look at myself to get to know myself uh, to be able to step back to the observer yes uh, role is and 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 because I guess that that to some extent that goes on with the yoga you could, you're kind of observing yourself put. Did you get your body in the right position? And you get helped with that awareness at the beginning with an instructor that looks over and says, "Oh no, not like that. Move this out there." Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's sort of a process of becoming more aware of or a better observer of your body. And and so, do you think that that then sort of helps you build that muscle, that be the observer thing, that step back and observe muscle? Is that a question? 
Yeah, that the 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 physical component there that that's one way you know learning that ability or practicing that ability to be able to step back and observe your body as you move it through these positions uh, did that help you with the being able to step back and look at your emotions cuz that's harder I would think the emotion part Yes, yes, I think so because it's like you you're learning a, a method uh, how to to look at different aspects of you. Uh, you're not just your body. You're not just your feeling. Uh, you're all a whole uh, spectrum of uh, aspects. And uh, you, you start with your body, and you learn how your body works, and you learn to listen to your body, and then you can uh, go on with your feelings. Uh, you can, and you continue with uh, your energy, your power, and uh, you are not afraid to to transform. And then was it? Was it scary at first, Lena? I mean, because it, it, oftentimes when we have guests on the show who've, and that journey can be taken in, in so many different ways, but at the end of the day, it really it boils down to I took a look in the mirror and I spent some time reflecting on what I saw, and sometimes that can really mess with a person temporarily while they adjust to, you know, the reality of who they have been compared to who they really desire to be. So was it scary at first or was the transition so smooth because of the assistance of your instructors and no doubt the people that you were being exposed to in the yoga community um, that make it easier? I've had some very scary experiences and I, at times I was very afraid because I didn't understand what was happening to me. Um, and sometimes I just went down to like a, a dark hole and I really didn't know how to, to come back. But, uh, well, uh, I did survive. Uh, I was helped by uh, by my teacher, in, even if he wasn't physically here. Uh, you're always able to communicate by um, writing, for example. I started to write quite a lot. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Every morning I um, had a little book where I wrote, wrote just what uh, came into my mind. And I think uh, writing was helping me uh, quite a lot as well. Uh, so I, I kept a kind of a diary. Uh, and uh, to begin with, uh, uh, I um, it was just my diary, and I was writing um, with a pencil and pen. But then later on, I, I started my blog because I wanted to share my um, experience 
uh, with other people. So yeah, and that right. that in in and of itself takes a lot of courage. I mean, because when you're going through this kind of transition and you're spending that time looking in the mirror, and like I said, sometimes you don't necessarily like what you see when you look in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, and there can be a lot of anger and doubt and fear pulled up. It, to be able to express that in written word and, and to kind of bear your soul to the world and, and allow others to see into a very private part of your life, is, is it takes a great deal of courage. Yeah, perhaps, yes. But it was also a help for me to do it. It was like uh, releasing tensions when I was able to to express myself. Because that has been one of my issues uh, that uh, I have had difficulties to express myself verbally and uh, yeah. And I was I, I'm so, still struggling with with that that um, expression thing, talking. Uh, so that's why it's so amazing that I'm sitting here in a talk show. Uh, talking to you guys, uh, so and doing a wonderful job. Thank you. But it's it, it, again where I'm. I keep seeing this with communication with the body, communication with thoughts and feelings and memories inside. Now it's communication, more writing communication. That it's really like. You're, it's caused you to get all the parts of you talking instead of being so separate. You know, body over here, mind over here. Now it's all a symphony singing Unified. together. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and if it makes you feel any better, Lena, I'm two years into the radio show and there's still days when I think I'm crazy for doing it. <laughs> Um, we communicate for a living, and and we still have our days where we stumble over our words and say um and ah and and certainly you know I mean my it's a real my biggest nightmare for Jean trying to make these videos <laughs> trying to get all of my ums and ahs out. <laughs> um, but I think that I think that it's. As you say, it's a growth process, and part of the growth process is to become not more perfect in our ability to communicate in a certain way, but more comfortable with our own innate natural ability to communicate, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, And... um the way it used to be before, I wanted to know um, uh, how things were going to end up. I wanted to have the whole picture 
before I was uh, saying anything, I just couldn't let go. Um, uh, I, oh, I, I can't remember the, the name in English. Uh, I wanted so much security. Um, I uh, wanted the before I was speaking. Looking for certainty. Right. Yes. I wanted to know the outcome before I talked. Right. Right. You wanted a guarantee yeah. that everything would be okay. Yeah. And that and that brings up an interesting question for me because you say that you've been doing the same job for 30 years, did you say? 20 years? Yes, um, I've been at the Academy of Music for that long in, in different positions, but I have been there for some so long, yes. Right. So so what would be interesting to me, because this is a unique opportunity for us to see really how much this change in in spiritual and life practice affects your whole life, because oftentimes we have guests who come on and they've changed everything. They've changed their job, their home, their, you know what I mean? But you, you stayed within the same organization and institution and just added this into your life. So how do you compare how you work and live now compared to how you lived and worked, you know, before you started yoga? Yeah, that's that's interesting because I was... Um, uh, some years ago, I was going to completely change my life. I was going to um, uh, quit my job at the Academy of Music, uh, where I have been for so many years. Uh, and I went on a, uh, a journey to uh, Sri Lanka, uh, ne uh, next to India. Uh, and I was... Um, I had decided to quit my job, actually, uh, but my boss he said, "No, you just wait, wait a little bit before you do this uh, big step." Uh, and I waited, and uh, I went to this journey. I was traveling around, and uh, I um, came to a city, and I met a Buddhist teacher. And he uh, would uh, he uh, showed me the uh, monastery where where he worked uh, in 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 a school. He wasn't a monk, but he was a, a teacher. Uh, and I got to meet the, the chief monk, and he was giving my blessings, and it was it was a quite a fantastic experience. Uh, and after he showed me around in in this uh, monastery. We went to the shop, um, the monastery had a shop, where they had um, a lot of um, uh, art, uh, paintings, and, um, you know, they have this um, Buddhist uh, paintings like um, sacred, you know, the thing, sacred uh, geometry. yeah, yeah, uh, they call it tankas. And it's um, pictures of, of Buddha. Uh, 
in a in a certain um, uh, pattern. Uh, but I also had one uh, Hindu um, painting uh, on uh, on a cloth. It is, uh, and that painting was um, talking to me very much. And uh, I said, uh, I would like to have that one. Uh, and this uh, Buddhist teacher, he said, well, the, this is the uh, goddess uh, uh, Sarasvati. Uh, and I, um, I bought it and I took it home. And then I thought, I, I, I want to read about this uh, Sarasvati to know uh, why I, uh, she was <laughs> talking to me so much that I had to, to buy it. Uh, and Saraswati, she's one of the three goddesses uh, in the Hindu mythology. Uh, and she's standing for, um, she's a protector for music and for knowledge. Um, and as I uh, realized, I couldn't identify with this uh, this goddess, so to speak. Uh, and I was thinking, it's, if there is a goddess for music, for knowledge, for um, wisdom, then perhaps that's what I am. That's my my path. That's what I'm gonna do. I I will not quit my job. I will continue to work with music, to work with people who wants to. Perform music and help them uh, in the best way I can help them uh, because I'm quite good at administration. Uh, so I decided to to stay at my job and um, I now work uh, part time. So I, that's how I can divide the, my part time job. Uh, and uh, and the yoga instruction job. I find it interesting that you went through this journey, um, and it's crazy. My boss said the same thing to me when I when I tried to quit work the first time. Um, I got told no. <laughs> I don't accept your resignation. I'm putting you on a three month sabbatical. <laughs> Come back in three months and let me know. Um, and and I thank uh, my lucky stars for having a boss with that kind of wisdom and insight because part of my journey at that time was to come back from a really intense journey into a different culture and different way of living and to take what I had learned from that and to integrate it into North American living and, and normal day-to-day living. And so, you know, I was given the opportunity to do that rather than learn these things and then remove myself from society. Having learned these things, I was able to integrate these things that I had learned into my everyday life. Um, And I I love that, that you've done that and that you continue to do it. And I, you know... I keep saying to people when they talk about, I don't like this in the world and I don't like that in the world. And I said, one of our big things is the media. People are always talking about media and how they don't like 
the way that you know media seems so biased and and this and that and you know one of our biggest arguments is always well instead of sitting outside of the the media organization and complaining about what they're doing why not become the media yourself um and i think this is a very important thing that people need to understand is that these spiritual practices um in these these ways of living are not just so that you can go and and hide in a mountain and and hide away from society and 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 live you know a monostatic lifestyle or live like a hermit it's so that you can take these practices and and integrate them into your everyday life so that you create that peace regardless of where you are and you bring that peace with you rather than removing yourself to find the peace uh and and i it's funny that i say that given the fact that yes i live now in my mountain home and i'm kind of removed <laughs> from society and i don't live in however before before i i got this home so graciously handed to me by the heavens um i had to learn to be at peace in the middle of the city in the middle of the rush hour i had to learn to be stuck in traffic for 2 hours and just oozaw through it by turning up the music and singing along with the radio uh i had to learn to stand in line for you know half an hour on my lunch break waiting to buy a sandwich and still be smiling when i left the store um you know and it wasn't until i figured out how to do that that everything else fell into place and I was able then to step into my mountain home that was so graciously handed to me. I you know and I think it's important for people to realize that you don't have to go to that place to find peace because the peace is in you. You have to find that first and then you you can take that anywhere you want to go. You you can stand in the middle of in the middle of a storm and be the eye and it you know you the storm won't touch you and and that to me is is what the practice of yoga means is yes, that yes. continual continual ability to be grounded calm peaceful centered regardless of what's going on externally and that is a very very precious gift Gandhi used to say that um, real peace is when we are peaceful inside, no matter what's happening around you. And it was from India, so he, he knew what, what he was talking about. Absolutely, and I think that's that's why it's so beautiful what you what you what you've done. You went, you took this journey, and you you found this truth. And you experienced it, and you worked through it, and you decided to live it, and yet you didn't run away from your life in order to do so. You integrated it. Yes. You integrated it. You connected your new knowledge with your old way of of being, and that, to me, is a really beautiful thing. 
and very cool. And I didn't, I didn't Absolutely. know that. Um, well, and so many people sort of quote unquote wake up and then decide they're in the wrong job. Well, what if you're in the right job? You just weren't doing it to the fullness you could, or something. You know. Speaking of music, <laughs> let's have a let's have a brief musical break, and we'll play something a little different for a change because it seems appropriate topics and subjects and all of that. Um, but we'll have a brief break and then we'll come back. We want to talk about uh, stuff you've got coming up. So I know you have some interesting workshops and things coming up and uh and how people can find you on the web and and uh get involved in those interesting things that are coming up. Sound good? Yep, fine. Okay. So this is uh, another one of our friends that joined us in the midnight hour from Europe. David Swart <laughs> playing the hang. Hang. However you pronounce that. Hang. Hang. And we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us.
Uh, oh, hello. Hello. Weird. <laughs> I, I pushed the button to unmute the three of us, and it got the little circle that says waiting, and normally then it turns red and says on the air and all that. And instead, it just disappeared. Like the whole button's <laughs> gone. And I was like, wait, if the button's not there, I can't even push it again. <clears throat> but then <sighs> Blog talk. So that was our dear friend David Swarup, who's been with us before as well on the show. And uh, if you haven't caught him buskering all over Europe and the Middle East and performing in famous opera houses in Russia, um, catch, catch him online at David, D-A-V-I-D-E, Swarup, S-W-A-R-U-P, dot com. He's got virtually all of his music up there free to listen and an awful lot of it on pay what you want and get it for your iPod. But if you're online, you can just listen to it. It's very cool. Yeah, it's nice music. It reminds me of the Balinese music, the music they play in, in Bali. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting instrument, this hang. Uh, it's like a inside-out steel drum crossed with a UFO or something like that. Jean, did you say? Yeah. It, it, um, it, it makes sense to me. It's, it's one of those... Rare, because I'm I'm not musically inclined. That's not to say that I um, don't walk around my house singing at the top of my lungs and every single opportunity that I get. However, I have performance issues, so um, it's it's not something I ever pursued. Really, was the music end of things. But I I saw that instrument and immediately was drawn to it. Like it it makes sense to me that that amazing piece of metal makes such beautiful sounds. Um, it, it clicks with something really ancient, some kind of really ancient knowledge within me that says, yes, this is, this is healing music. This is, this is spirit, spirit music. This is music from deep, deep within. And um, I love, I love, I love the hang and I'm hoping, you know, George is going to deliver one to my and house. Kind of someday. a mysterious, mysterious instrument, and a mysterious, you know, these people just came up with it. But they don't really want to talk about it, and they don't do interviews, and they almost just completely quit making them and went into hiding. And then people begged, and they came back. But they only make X amount, and you can only get one if you get re recommended to them. Mm. <laughs> they don't. You yeah. Know, you you're not going to find this in a store. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't just go out and, and buy one. Um, they have other pan and, and drum type instrument things, but to get a hang, it's yeah. And and yeah, it's it's really worth checking out. Going to his website and checking out because it, it'll kind of blow your mind that um, some of the places he plays are just absolutely incredible. Oh. Yeah. Music has that effect. It can blow your mind. You can get you into looking at something bigger. And there's videos where, I mean, this thing fits in. It's like a metal saucer-looking thing. It fits in his lap. And there's times when I I look at it and I see him doing it on video, and I'm still, you know, there's somebody behind the scenes playing three more of those because. 
it can be so simple, but then it can be so grand. It's really something. It's a really, it's a multi-dimensional instrument, um, and that it, it that's I guess that's why I'm drawn to it because it's just it's got so many different layers to it, and it looks so simple, but it, it's well, it should probably be simple, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Why we gotta have everything be? I love a pipe organ. So complicated, you know, but I know. How many yeah. thousand little pipes and whistle tweeter things are in there? And Absolutely. This, besides, somebody did finally ask Bashar not to, you know, take up the whole in, ending thirty minutes of the show, but um, about musical instruments and and Bashar almost never will mention names or do anything, and uh, but did mentioned that, you know, recently there's been the appearance of a instrument that's of exceedingly high vibration for those on the planet on average, and it's the hang. So it got their attention. Well, anyway. Well, again, I think it's just an ancient, ancient instrument revisited. I think it just came back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been here before. Um and that's why it pulls to people because it's like something deep within them goes, I know that music. That sounds like home. Yeah. So. Uh, now, and that, it's, how do you, because I'm, I'm curious, when you integrating your musical life with your life as a yogi, um, can you blend the two? Are you able to blend the two? Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we use uh, uh, music in uh, during classes, but uh, not recently I met a, a new yoga teacher, and he says um, he's very. Uh, Orthodox, you could say, because he, he he doesn't want any music in his classes. He doesn't want any incense. Uh, he don't, doesn't want um, yoga to be a ritual. That's um, um, really how uh, yoga was started. It, it's a revolution uh, movement to start with. The yogis they wanted didn't want anything with the priests and the the, the religion that was um, ritualized. So they um, found out that they could find God within themselves without any middle hand. Uh, but I do like to to use. Uh, music during my classes mm-hmm. because uh, as you said uh, music is vibrations and you can uh, get to people's feelings uh, by using music and, and that's um, one other thing I, I wanted to do during my yoga classes is to bring um, um, feeling back uh, to people, um, if that makes any sense. I want them to feel. 
and and and, and don't be afraid to, to feel. Absolutely, and one of the most yeah. powerful tools for for inducing intense emotion is music. I I don't think there's anybody on the planet who could argue with that. That I mean, songs trigger things within us, and and they can either trigger joy or sorrow or um, pain or or even anger at times. Um, music yeah. and and it's uh it's why they still have they, soundtracks yeah. to movies and it, well, of course and it it um it's it's an unbiased form of communication and it's it's global do you know what i mean it doesn't have a race a color or a creed music is music and yes certain cultures have produced certain sounds however a white person can enjoy reggae as much as a Jamaican. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, you don't have to. It's so cross-cultural, and it brings people together on a level that, that I don't think the written word will ever be able to do. There's something very special about music. It yeah. has a very unique, magical quality to it, and part of that is its ability to pull that emotion from us. Almost a more I direct to communication a of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you would I, go to a I, yoga I class, but you have a yoga class coming to you. <laughs> well, I, I was just say, I would go to a yoga class. You ordered I, out. That was integrating music into it. Yeah, I ordered out. Um, my yoga instructor is moving in. <laughs> but I think that... Um, See, you got me giggling, and now I lost my train. And I thought, way to go, Rick. Good job. Yay. I went over there. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> George, George was just wondering how many, how, how much bigger does the billboard have to get? Come this way. This way. All right, fine. You won't come this way. I'll come to you. <laughs> um, I did not know, and that's what I was going to say, I did not know that about the birth of yoga. I didn't know that it come or came from a desire to have a direct connection with that God without having an intermediary. I yeah. I, I wasn't aware of that. That okay. it's very cool that you told me that because I I didn't know. Um, so thank you for sharing that a little too bit because I. I I hate to say it, but I bet you more people would do it if they knew that it was it was uh, rebellion. <laughs> it might entice people. <laughs> well, if, if they knew that it was a form of rebellion against structured um, uh, structured what structured structured forced religion, disciplinary I don't know what you call it. dogma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because. You, you aren't as, good enough to talk to God directly, so you'll have to get one of us to do it for you. Yeah. That's right. what I don't people, like about it. People view yoga as a discipline, right? So for them to know that it was actually a rebellion against these structured system 
disciplines, then, I mean, that might entice them to explore it a little and, and find out if it's right for them. Because I know it's it's probably not right for everybody. That's why we live in a diverse and complex organism called Earth. But because, I think that's one you know, of the particularly Western misunderstandings about yoga is it's not yoga is not a religion no it's not a religion but it's spirit spiritually it's a spiritual practice yeah like like all religions many religions have spiritual practices whether it be prayer or incense or chanting or what whatever it is but this is independent of there's not a yogi church that you go to <laughs> somewhere <clears throat> and a you know thing like that so you don't talk about yoga, yoga monasteries so much Buddhist monasteries but yogis they're just over there under the tree or something and um, because it it in in several parts of of the world different forms sort of came along to to challenge what had become a very separatist view that there had to be intermediaries because humans alone didn't have what it took to be able to talk to God, commune with God. Spirit, uh creator, great as it was called in any of in each of these various areas. And um some of which have been misunderstood and carried on then to be a religion. But but <clears throat> we won't get on that soapbox, Jane. <clears throat> no, that's, that's for when... Um, soapbox. For another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so tell us about uh, some of the things that you have uh, coming up. Don't you have some interesting uh, retreats coming up here in... Um, I'm going to some retreats uh, during summer in uh, France and in in Greece. Uh, I try to spend the summer uh, not uh, teaching so much yoga, but to to get taught um, to uh, to get inspired. And to to rest, to calm down. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's one of those sorts of things you, that goes back and forth. Yeah. As naturally it should. We're all students and teachers. Like it or not. Take the title mm-hmm. or not. Even if you have a job and and it's an amazing job. Uh, you 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 need to take a break sometimes. Absolutely, um, I agree, and I think people forget that. I think people forget at times how important it is to just take time away from what they do every day. Just yeah, to center and ground and and. And it brings a new perspective to what you do and and uh, revitalize it. 
Right, because I mean, it's 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 healthy to never get to that place where you've decided you've learned everything you need to learn. It, it you know, I pray, I pray, you know. That's that, one of those funny that I never, places. I never get to that place that I I'm done learning. I don't want to ever stop. Done discovering would be another way to yeah. say it. I don't want to be done with that. Yeah, I don't ever want to be done with that. Because, um, wow, life would be boring. If well, Fortunately, we have it on many different fronts from good authorities that that goes on forever. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a very good thing. Absolutely. So now your blog is called um, Calm Down. Yeah. Dot uh, blog with two J's because that's how it's spelled okay. in Swedish. Oh, cool. Okay, so it's www.blog with two G's dot calm down dot se. Yeah. Okay, cool. And they can find um, they can find all of your your writings from your experience is all your writings I, I'm guessing they're still in the archives on the blog yes yes it's still there awesome awesome okay it, it's good for people to have that um, when they start going through their own journey to be able to look at the else's and go okay I'm not alone in my dark night of the soul because that dark kind of soul can be very scary to be sometimes. Um, yeah, it's and, easy to think that when you are when you are there. Absolutely, absolutely, it's very easy, very easy to think that that I'm alone in this. Um, as I'm the only person in the world who's feeling this fear, this pain, this angst. Uh, and it's comfort to have others out there who've been through the journey in, in different ways that you can relate to. And so are they able also through your blog to get in touch with you with regards to classes? Uh, no, the, uh, my class is on my website. Okay. Which and is can just you the tell same our... without, without the word blog, right? Yes. So... It's at www.calmdown.se. Yes, that's right. And that's just C-A-L-M-D-O-W-N, English. Yeah. Down. Calm down in, in one word. Right. I, and I'm I'm curious because that was one of the things that kind of caught our attention when you handed just your card was the calm down. So, you know, why did you decide that that was representative of of what you you know? How did you come to calm down? Uh, I think it's um it's uh, it's like I say to myself. I need to be reminded of it. So that's why I, I one of the reasons why I, I I chose that name. Awesome answer. That is the best reason to choose a name for your blog is to this is my personal reminder. 
to stay there. Yeah, well, yeah, everyday connection works that way for me anyway. <laughs> you stay Absolutely. enough that it begins to just be part and partial. And I have to say you are a very you are a very calm centered individual and and you do exude this aura of peace because I've actually met you in person, which is cool because I don't always get to meet our guests in person, but having met you in person, you know, it's one of the first things I noticed about you is that you have this very calming demeanor about you. And I'm, I'm, you know, is have you always been that way, or is that really, you know, from your your yoga practices? I've always been quite uh, uh, quiet, uh, quiet and shy, and uh, not so grounded before. I'm more grounded now. Um, but sometimes I uh, I keep the turbulence inside. I don't show it when I'm not that calm. Um, so the yoga sort of helped your inside calm down as much as your outside. Yes, yes, it does. It has. Awesome. Awesome. And so yeah, before our, our we introduction go, introduction was was odd. We came in and had about. 15 minutes to get on the air and do a show. So we're kind of running over each other, trying to get stuff set up and get ready. And then there's Lena just sitting over there. Mm-hmm. People chilling. rushing around doing, she's just sitting over there doing her thing. She's chilling. Watching yeah. all this rushing around going on like, well, this is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so so every once in a while, we um, get enough time at the end of the show to kind of give the floor to our guests. And so, you know, tonight we have time to do that with you. If you had one message to give to the world, um, what would it be? What would you say? Calm down. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I have a lot of things I I wanted to say uh, because I knew that the question would come. Uh, I could... Uh, respond to one of your previous um, speaker who said uh, when he got the question um, run fast he said uh, but that was kind of yeah. and I was thinking no 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 I think uh, and I was thinking of a song by Paul Simon slow down you move too fast uh, I love that song but that wasn't what I was uh, my primary Gonna say, um, I think we need to slow down, to calm down, and to soften uh, our heart and in our bodies, so we can feel the joy and the, and the beauty from inside, uh, and let it shine out to others. To be nice to each other, I think it's that, that's important uh, and on uh, be well, honest and, and be honestly not to each other 
Yeah, true. Don't just be polite. That has always implied to me you're doing it in spite of however you feel. At least yeah, that's how it was. Fake it. That's how it was taught to me when I was a kid. Was I don't care how you feel, you will smile, you will do this, you will do that. Hmm. Uh, my mother, growing up, was even told by her grandmother, "Just act like you feel fine, and pretty soon you will." And it's actually perhaps not bad advice. It's just the way it was given was not from that angle. It was from the angle of, I don't care, sick or not. You're going to stand up, smile, shake hands, you know. Yeah. And uh, regimented, it almost seems militaristic, you know. And and many of us, through our early days, months, and years on this planet, get a pretty good suit of armor on. So I agree, that slowing down, that softening. And you can't do it when you're moving really fast. No, you can't. In fact, that's one way to avoid it. Just keep moving so fast you don't have time to think. Yeah. Yeah. It never hurts to be still every once in a while. Absolutely. If you have the guts to be still. Ah. Ah. Sorry. Well, that's that looking at the mirror again thing. No, that's good. That's, you know, that's that's a whole lot of truth right there in just one little sentence. If you have the guts to be still. Um, And don't say sorry. It's it's truth. It's... I I love it when people are able to... to be alone. just, Just say it bluntly. Yeah. Sometimes it takes courage to be alone with yourself, with your thoughts, with your heart. And, um... Guts to be still. I like it. You have the guts to be still. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. What a perfect way to end the show. Nina, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know that it's uh, quite early there. (laughs) Quite the odd hour. Half past three in the night. Yes. So so we'll um we'll uh thank you for coming and allow you to to calmly find your way to your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to tell folks we we have a show coming up tomorrow. Uh yes, interesting that we, geometry came up just a little bit ago cuz Charles Gilchrist will be back talking about symbolism in sacred geometry. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a very um, fantastic show. It's going to be um, an early one, so 5 p.m. Eastern PM. time for our regular listeners. It's um, it's a, a scheduled special, so to speak, and there's so many more of those coming. So, um, And then on Thursday, we have Sophia Jontera is uh, returning. Right, or explanation, exploration of the, uh, well, and probably explanation, too, but exploration of Absolutely. human-animal connection, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. she's a very gifted animal communicator and medical intuitive with humans, but uh, uh, gifted animal communicator. It's always kind of odd, since Gene and I both have dogs running around the house. It, we get this spooky feeling when we have animal communicators on that they have cameras in our house because they start telling us how it is. <clears throat> But 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 yeah yeah they do like to um, 
shock and amaze. And I, I, the funny thing is, is that they're not trying to shock and amaze. They're just trying to tell it how it is. But it's always amazing how how in tune they are, even at great distances, to the energetics of of our pets. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, the following week we have a four show week. Yeah. Crazy truth. It's it's one of those things. See, Gene and I get to sitting around talking. We talk today, and we say, you know, now we got so many cool people. I wonder if we should go up to shows a week. Well, we've got at least three shows for like the next. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it looks like this, that'll be it. Um, but you know, don't count on the Wednesday nights being at 8 p.m. every Wednesday night. We're gonna start to allow Wednesday nights to be open for guests like Lena um, so that if Lena ever comes back, she doesn't have to get up at 2 a.m. to come right. to the show. We're going to rearrange um, for that. We're going we're gonna to leave an open day on Wednesdays to allow a time slot that's that we can move around and manipulate that we can so that we can accommodate our over-the-seas guests. So keep your eyes open for the, for those, and we'll announce them as they come up. But we have, yeah, a lot of Wednesdays booked up, too. We have a lot too, of Wednesdays so. booked up through, through the end of June, really. And, and uh, uh, some at 9 in the morning and some at yeah. noon-ish. I don't know. I'm looking at central time, and that will confuse everybody, so I'll hush now. Okay. Um, but as always, um, they'll they'll come up the next day after the broadcast automatically through your iTunes feed. So if you want to just... Hop over to iTunes and subscribe. Uh, Rick can tell you right now how to do that. Uh, the easiest way is to just go to podcasts in your iTunes and search for Everyday Connection Radio. Um, the last time that I was there, they still had our old feed that has no episodes on it. but So you had to say Everyday Connection Radio or you might get the wrong one. Uh, but that's the easiest way to find it because the link, the link is... On our homepage at everydayconnection.me, you just scroll down a little, and there's a big silver apple with a music note. In it. It's a, one of the only apples wearing headphones I've ever seen. So you just click on that, and it should take you right over to our feed. And uh, uh, you can actually even play uh, the episodes right there from that page, all of them. It says one up there at the top, and at the bottom it says 193. We have 193 episodes. Including coffee which with stores means, and all kind of stuff. Weirdness. Absolutely, which means um, we're quickly coming up on our 200th episode. And yeah. um, but we, we are almost certain at this point that we will be introducing our new YouTube correspondent, Shauna Lovely, who will be um, going out into the world talking to people. And um, she's going to be our faith for Stranger Connections. Stranger Connections on Everyday Connections. And we have connection clips now. We have our our second or third connection clip up, and we're going to have a number of them coming. I think we've about figured out the production line to be able to get those coming. But it's one of those things that we tell you, you know, every episode, you might hear something about it here in just a minute about staying connected. And there's days when it's hard, even for us, and so we're going to have these little connection clips that can sort of help you do that. Like, you know, two-minute sound nibbles. 
Not even sound bites. She made it sound bites. Sound nibbles from from um, you know our brilliant guests, who uh, little little tidbits to to lift you up and and rejuvenate you on those see. days when you're just feeling like. We, we posted a new one today from uh, when Kareen Van Meter was with us, and I sent her an email with the link to the video, and she responded back and said, "Did I did I really say that? <laughs> really?" That come out of my mouth. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliance happens. Brilliance happens. That's what every day. Some bumper stickers like that instead of the other one happens. <laughs> Brilliance happens every day. Brilliance happens. So join us tomorrow okay. when uh, Charles Gilchrist will be back with us at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. And until then, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.